How you doing today? Another glorious day in Salt Lake City, and uh, I'm so grateful that you've joined us. My name is Dave Nelson, if you're visiting, uh, pastor here at K2. Um, we're starting a brand new series today. We're going to spend um, five weeks that we're calling First. And the reason is because um, all of us are trying to figure out, if we're honest with ourselves, what's first in our lives. We only have so much time, right? So you have to prioritize your time. You only have so much resource, so you have to prioritize your resource. All that we do in our life really is try to figure out how do we take this limited person I am, this limited stuff that I am, and then fully utilize it so we can live a full life. Well, the Bible um, uses the word first quite a bit to help us to understand how we can actually be living the life that he's called us to. And so uh, today, as we look at first, we're looking at uh, what really is, and the scripture reveals it, the first of all firsts, the most important thing in all of life, and that is the priority of love. So how many songs have been written like that, right? I mean, the songs keep pumping out, trying to help us express this desire that we have for love. And so here's what I'd love for you to do um, as we start today, is think about this person. Who is the person that you love more than anything else, anyone else in the world? Who do you love more than anyone else? Okay, got that person inside your heart? Here's a second question. You love them, but do they love you? <laughs> do they actually love you back? Because what's interesting, right, all of us have had that experience where we've loved somebody so deeply, right, that you, there's something inside of you that you just want to pour out all that you have to that other person, and then the other person doesn't reciprocate, right? And lots of love songs are written about that because of the broken heart. But some of us have had just the flip side. How many of you have had someone who totally loved you and you just weren't feeling it? Anybody ever have that one? <laughs> okay, love songs are written about that too. Bonnie Raitt wrote, right? Because I can't make you love me if you don't, you can't make your heart feel something that it won't. And so the truth is, you guys, whenever love isn't happening both ways, because you can have it and not get it back, you can give it and the person might not want to receive it, in either one of those cases, the truth is there's just brokenness. And when that's happening, then the fullness of a relationship isn't there. And the truth is, you guys, I think this is our reality with God. Our reality with God is, so if you come in here today and you sit there and you go, man, how much of a fullness of a relationship with God am I experiencing? Or is there brokenness in there somehow? Is somehow a love that's being offered not being received, right? Because if that's true, then we're going to be struggling. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at because here's what I know about this. Let's, let's think about it on the other side. When you love somebody fully and completely, and all you want to do is offer all that you have, you want that person so bad, and the person actually checked yes on the box. Remember those little box? Check yes or no, if you like me. So you wanted to pour yourself out to this other person, and the person actually said, okay, I'll receive your love. That is sweet. But that's only half of it, right? What happens if they want to receive your love, and then they come back and they tell you, and I love you too. Guys, ask you, is there anything better in all the earth? I asked my family that this week, and my 13-year-old 13 13-year-old daughter said, That would be pure joy. And I'm like, oh man, I'm in trouble. 
here we go, 13-year-old girl imagining. But, that's, but I don't, it's not 13-year-old girl stuff, guys. Every one of us in this room wants the one that we love to say yes to our love. And every one of us in this room wants that same person to just pour it back. And when that happens, that's euphoria. That is life to the extreme. And what I want to share with you today, there's only one thing better than that that I can think of, and that's when that happens between us and God. When this happens between us and God, this is first. This is top priority. So let me read you a couple verses, and then I'm going to pray for you. The verses we're going to look at, and I, I know this is totally out of order, Shannon, but if you can just pop these up here for me. Matthew chapter 22, uh, verse 36. This is the one that kind of triggered this for me. A guy comes up to Jesus and he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. It's first. It's above all things. It's before all things. But the other verse that we're going to look at, and then I'll pray, is 1 John chapter 4, verse 16 and 19. And it says this, And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. For God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And we love because he, everybody say it, first loved us. So there's our priority right there. He first loves us. And then we can accomplish the first and greatest command to love him back. And you know what it is to have euphoria in a human relationship when that's happening. It is sweet. Can you imagine what it might be like? I don't know. That's what we're going to try to do today. Let's just imagine together what would happen if God was loving us first and then we were loving him back. It could be supernatural to your soul. So let's pray and let's ask him to see if he can open our eyes to this today. Father, thank you for your revelation to us. Because there is, Lord, we know there's every one of us, we're human and we long to be loved and we long to love. I, I, and, and I'm so grateful for your word that just tells us that's because I created you in my image and I'm love. So Lord, we're constantly searching and falling short of finding loves that fully satisfy us, of finding people who will fully receive us, that sweet spot where we could be fully known and fully loved. So Lord, you've come to us and you've revealed to us the first top priority above all other things. You've said love is the greatest thing. You are love. And yet, God, I, I know in this room, I know in my own heart, that all of us in this room are, are, are still seeking to wonder what it might be like to really know you and to really know your love and to find the sweet freedom of loving you back. So um, I, just, I just offer myself to you and I just pray that you'd help me and be gracious to us today and help knit us closer to you so we can live the full life that you've created us to live. And I ask for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So, <clears throat> we can only really, I, my whole thought process with this as I was studying this week is, you know, to go to the first commandment, you've got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. <laughs> well, 
to then realize, wait a second, you don't have a, you don't have a prayer of doing that. There's no way that any of us in this room could ever actually follow through on the first commandment, the greatest commandment, to love God with all of our being, until what? Until we know his love. And it is, this is, I believe with all my heart, when we get stuck in loving God with all of our being, it's because we don't know how much he loves us. And so for those of you who might be visiting here today and, and, you, and you're still wondering, maybe you're just investigating Christianity, maybe you've never even been in church before or you're, you're wondering about, is there a God? And, and if there is one, maybe you believe. I talked to someone after the first service. I, I totally believe there is a God. I know he's there. But the idea of actually experiencing God and knowing him and knowing his love, that, that's what we want to talk about. And again, what the Bible says is then for all of us, and then, even then we have us, right? Those of us who've been Christians for a long time. And Jesus said, I came so you'd have life to the full, that you'd be full of everything. And yet we're sitting here and we're like, how many of you, you know, are full? Like most of us got, well, I got to, you know, I'm like 20% on Tuesday. I went up to 50 on Thursday, you know, back down to 10%. I, it just, we just, we constantly flux in this. And I think it must come down to what I want to share with you today. Believer in Christ, not believer in Christ. We got to understand that God loves us. And then once we understand that, the scripture says, then we'll love him. So can I just share with you real quick? I just want to tell you, and I, and I, I almost wanted somebody else to do this message because for 10 years, all I do is tell you God loves you, right? And, but I, I believe there's a, a depth of understanding here today that I, I really hope that God will help me reveal to you so that you and I actually experience God's love and just don't know about it. But the first thing that has to happen for you to experience God's love is you have to hear about it. You have to hear about it. So can I just remind you, let's just remind us all again. How do we know that God loves us? And when I went through my list this morning or this week as I was studying, here's, let me just give you a few reasons. The one way I know that God loves me is because he created me. The way I know God loves you is because you wouldn't even be here if he didn't want you to be here. Now, my wife's pretty artsy-fartsy, right? And so my kids are all, they're just, our house is a mess, by the way, because all they do is create stuff, Right? And every time my kids create something, they come up with an idea, and then they put it together. What's the first thing they want to do? Yeah, they want to show it. Look! Look what I made! And I want to tell you, man, God loves you, and simply by your existence on this planet, he knits you together exactly as he wanted you. He has ideas and plans and thoughts, and he puts you out and he says, this is my creation. And you can know you're loved by God. By your existence. Secondly, though, the way I know I'm loved by God is I don't know about you, I had a season in my life where I didn't want to have anything to do with God. Anybody else? Okay? I didn't want anything to do with Him. I, I, I thought if I had God in my life, it would totally mess up everything. And so I pretty much ran away from God, right? Doing well, maybe just go to church enough so that He'd like me, potentially, right? I'll step in here and maybe God will have some favor for me. But I didn't really want Him in my life. Well, I can tell you this, man, heaven is not going to be a place for people who don't want God in their life. And so I needed to be saved. That's what the Bible talks about. When the Bible talks about Jesus coming as a savior of the world, Christmas and Easter and all that stuff, what he was doing was saying every human being wants to run away from God. And I'm telling you, I just did a funeral yesterday, and I'm so grateful with, because every time I do a funeral, you have to think about heaven. And I am so grateful that heaven isn't going to be full of a bunch of people running away from God. Because then it'd be like earth. And we'd have to do this all over again. But I'm telling you this, I couldn't follow God. I didn't want to. 
And so I actually had to have something happen to my heart. Jesus had to come and save me from my sin and forgive me for my rebellion against God so that I could be brought back together with him. And then he gave me, the Bible says, he gives you a new heart. And now I actually want to follow after God. And that's this word called grace. It is a free gift that he gives you. And the way I know I'm loved by God is when I was running away from him, he ran faster. He came after me. And he didn't ask me to get religious, and he didn't ask me to clean up my life, and he didn't ask me to overcome all my habits and to be a good person first. He said, Dave, you come to me exactly as you are. And that's how I know I'm loved by God. Because he just loves me the way I am. But he didn't want to leave me that way. And he changed my heart. And that's how you can know he loves you. And then, this was the best, <laughs> he just keeps getting better. First he made me. And then the Bible says he created me. Then he kind of recreated me, gave me a, a right heart so I'd actually want to be with God. And then when I became a Christian, the fantastic thing was he says, now you're my kid. And guess what? He's like, you are stinking, filthy, rich. He says, now everything that's mine is yours. How cool is that? So the Bible says that every spiritual blessing is mine. In Christ. Man, I, I wrote down a long list. Let me, I, I don't have time to go through all this, but I, I just for myself, I love these things about becoming a child of God. Is God says, I've created everything for your enjoyment. I give you everything for your enjoyment. I don't know about you. Anybody else like to enjoy stuff? Okay? I, and, and God goes, listen, I want you to enjoy things. Everything I tell you, all my ways are so that you can actually enjoy this life that I have for you. It's so good. And then he says, I want to give you my joy. And I want your joy to be complete. Sweet. He goes, I want to give you my peace. I don't want to give to you as the world gives. This week, I had as the world gives. You guys know how the world gives peace, right? Like when everything's going well, you're like, I have peace. And the next morning, everything goes bad, and where'd your peace go? It's just gone. And so we ride this wave of peace. That's how the world gives peace. And Jesus is going, I ain't no good. I'm going to give you my peace, and it lasts forever. I know I'm absolutely forgiven by God, period. That when Jesus Christ died for my sin, all of it is done. I need that. I don't know. Anybody else need that? Like, I'm sick and tired of looking in the mirror and going, Jesus, forgive me. Thank you that you have. I'm completely accepted. I am fully known by God and fully accepted. That's, that's unbelievable. And I have absolute eternal security. That was the other thing about doing that funeral yesterday. How sweet is it to know? It was so funny. You know, I dressed, I had my black pants on and a black t-shirt, and then I was going to throw a blazer on. And I came out dressed like that. My daughter Mariah was going to sing at the funeral. And, so, and I came out dressed like that, and she goes, Dad, why are you wearing black? Don't you love that? <laughs> See, this is going to be a celebration. I love that. My you know why she knew it was going to be a celebration? Because Susie would live such an amazing life, and we knew for sure where she was. God says, I have deposited, when you receive my spirit, the spirit is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance in heaven forever. Do you guys know that? Do you all know that? Do you know what's going to happen when it's done? I'm telling you, man, this is the great things that God has given me, and this is how I know that he loves me. So now here's the question, though. Sometimes we can know he loves us, and we cannot feel loved by God. Anybody have that experience? So Mike Rutledge, who just sang, he wrote a song years ago when we were back in Michigan, and, uh, and his, one of the lines in the song was, it's 99 miles from my head to my heart. 
And that's the thing. How do we actually experience God's love? How do we experience it? Because what is, according to the scriptures, it is the top priority. It is first, more than anything else. First, you must know and rely on the love that God has for you. And once that happens, once you know his love, then you'll actually be able to love him. And not until then. So I just want to tell you, man, here's how, here's how it happens. You have to receive his love. How does that happen? Well, first of all, you do have to hear about it. And, but, I'm, but I want to tell you, um, nobody ever experiences the love of God because you hear about it. Okay? So I'm telling you right now, I just went through it. God loves you. But that will never make you experience God's love. But you do have to hear about it. You do need to know how much he loves you. But after you hear it, the second thing that has to happen is you've got to believe it. You actually have to believe it. But that's the next thing. It's like cognitively, some of you in this room, if I asked you, hey, do you believe God loves you? You'd be like, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I do. I believe God loves me. But here's what I know. Jesus loves me, this I so. Jesus loves me, this I know. Because the Bible tells me so. Okay? I do need to know that, but you can know it like that and still never experience it. Can I share with you right now, for those of you who have never experienced the love of God, it will never happen until you actually put your faith in him. See, the word to believe in the Bible is not how we use it today. We can cognitively assent to things, but belief in the Bible is it's when you believe it to such a point that you actually trust it. And here's what I'm going to tell you. For me, sitting in church like you are today and hearing for the first time that God wanted to be in my life and that he wanted to love me. And here I am running away from him. And, what he, and here's what he's saying. And here it is, David, and here it is for all of you. The only way that my love gets poured into your life is when you put your faith in me. When you entrust yourself to me. And I want to tell you what, man, that's one of the scariest things to do. I, I, I struggled so much to give my life to Christ. And you know why? Because the thing is, is if you really are going to let Christ come into your life, guess how, what he comes in as? As Lord of your life. He doesn't come in any other way. <laughs> If he's going to come into your life, he's going to come in as God. And guess what God gets to do? Yeah, everything. Yeah. He gets to call the shots. He actually gets to be, he gets, to, he gets control of your life. And you're like, I want you, God to have control of my life? Look what a great job I'm doing with it, right? Why would I want some guy who's like perfect and loves me to have control of my life? But I'm telling you, as a human being, the hardest thing is to give him control and I'm telling you, you will never experience God's life until you finally say, I trust you. And that's how you receive him. I believe you are who you say you are. And I trust you and I'm asking you to come into my life. Now notice what I did not say. I did not say that you had to do anything good. I didn't say you had to start being religious. The Bible never says you have to do one thing. You do not have to do one thing to prove to God that you're worthy of his love. 
The only thing you have to do is come to him exactly as you are with all of your sin, with all of your brokenness, with all of your fears, with all of your doubts, with all of your questions, even about who he is. Come to him exactly as you are and then open up your heart and receive. And I'm telling you what, man, once you do that, God's love will be real and you'll experience him. And then... Once you know his love and you start relying on his love, this crazy thing happens to your heart. Guess what you want to do? Anybody? You want to love him. (laughs) And it's the coolest thing. And so then we can actually get to this commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Okay? So now let me share a couple things with you. Here's the first one. Love is before all commands. Love is before all commands. Because doesn't it sound kind of weird that God would say, I command you to love me. Oh, okay, great. You know, I mean, can you imagine being at a wedding, right? And I'm standing there and I've, I've got the, and that's what the, 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 the groom is sitting there and saying, instead of vows, he's like, I command you to love me. I mean, it, it, what should that woman do? Yeah, she should run. <laughs> she should leave. Like, this is going to be freaky weird. So, why in the world? Because I, even when I read that, I, even, I, I found myself this week, I didn't realize this, but you know how you, when you're just reading to yourself, um, certain phrases have more weight. And I found that as I read that, I would hear, this is the first and greatest command, love God. And I found that I was getting all freaked out about command because none of us want to do that. Can I just share with you guys? The reason God commands us to love him with all of our heart is because it is the most loving thing he can do. He knows that he is perfect. He knows he's the only one who knows the plans that he has for you. He knows he's the only one who will never let you down. He knows he's the only one who will never leave you. He knows he is the only one worth loving. And so when God says, love me, It's the greatest thing that he can say. So you receive his love, and then because of that, you want to respond back. Now look at this verse. Here's the one that hits me. How about love is before all commands? John 14, 23. Jesus says, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with him. If anybody loves me, Jesus says, what do you do? You obey him. So no hands raised. How you doing on this one? <laughs> How you doing on your obeying Jesus' teaching? Okay? So again, immediately I sit there and I think, okay, if I'm not obeying Jesus' teachings, then I don't love him. Because I didn't put up the next verse. The next verse says, if you don't obey my teachings, you don't love me. <laughs> so he's just kind of making it clear. All right? But what we can know right now is if I'm not someone who follows Jesus' teachings, he's just saying, well, that's because you don't love me. And I sit there and I think, well, why don't I love him? And I met you any money. It's because I don't know how much he loves me. I still have yet to know how wonderful and how beautiful and how glorious God is. So, and sometimes I actually do know how wonderful he is, and I'm still just stupid selfish. Anybody else? (laughs) And sometimes I just don't want to follow him. But you need to know when you say, I don't want to follow him, it means you don't love him. So, but here's what's crazy, is why does love 
Why is it the first and greatest? Why is it the top priority? It's because it's actually before all the commands. He's just saying, listen, I'm not asking you, follow my commands. I know you could care less about me, but do it anyway. No, he's saying, receive my love and then love me. And then if you love him, then the commands follow after that. But here's what's crazy, you guys. What are the results of following Jesus' teachings? Happiness, love, joy, peace, purpose, everything that's right and good for us are in his teachings. That's why at one other place, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you're really my disciples. Then, he says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And all of us want to be free. But what we don't realize is that somehow we hear this word obey and we're like, ooh, I don't want to obey. But I'm telling you guys, once you know the love of God, you do want to obey him because you realize everything he's asking you to do is for your good. And I just want to tell you, if you're in this room today and you're not experiencing God's peace and his joy and his purpose and his love, if you kind of know God's out there, but you're not experiencing him, the only way God's love becomes real is when you obey him. This is how it works. This is how, anybody, how many of you want to know what God's will is? Right? We're always going like, how do I know God's will? Well, God's will is love me. <laughs> That's his will. Love me and trust me and follow me. And the next thing that happens, we experience God and he becomes real to us. The other thing that's so cool about this, just real quick, is any, if you love him, every time you obey his teachings, guess who else wins? You're not the only one who gets life, but so does everybody else around you. Oh my gosh, guys, if we loved our wives like God actually told us to, our wives would be like, you rock! <laughs> and women, if you actually loved your husbands the way that Jesus asked you to love your husbands, I mean, all the men in this room would be looking at you and going, man, you are sweet! See, that's what happens when you do God's ways, everybody else around you benefits. So you find life, and so does everybody else, and then the coolest thing is, and guess what? Then all of a sudden, God gets glorified. And people see him, and they go, man, what's up with you? I, I was just thinking about that. Like, when you see somebody's kids, and they're just freaking awesome, right? And they're just so, they're like so well-behaved, and they're, you know, all that kind of stuff. You, I, I find myself just going, man, how do you do that? But I'm not asking the kids that, am I? Who am I asking that? I'm asking the parents. <laughs> How do you do that? Because a kid's behavior glorifies who? Glorifies the parents. <laughs> and the same thing's true about us. When we live, when we follow God's teachings, people look at our lives and they go, man, what is up with you? And we just go, dude, him. He loves me so much that I actually decided to trust him. And when I trusted him, I found out his life was unbelievable. And it's filling me with joy and peace, and I'm a completely different person than I used to be. And people go, can you tell me more about him? This is how it works. Now, can I, and I just want to show you one last thing that to me personally is just the coolest deep, deep thing that I love. I'm sorry, go ahead and throw that verse up, back up there real quick. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. See, when you obey Jesus' teachings because you love him, you experience God. You actually do the things that God wants done. And you start to taste his life. And that's how you find out who God is. 
And that's how you discover that he's really who he says he was. But look at what happens. Look what Jesus says happens if you obey his teaching. He goes, every time you obey me, my father and I, we will come to you. See, when you obeyed his teaching, what did you do? You took a step towards God. And he goes, and every time you take a step towards me, what's he say I do? He goes, I'm going to come to you. And when I come to you, look at how close he says. He goes, we will come to you and we will make our home with you. So if you're sitting here today and you're struggling and saying, man, you know what? I'm not experiencing God. I don't have the fullness of life that Jesus wants to bring me. I'm telling you, the first thing that has to happen is you've got to know the love of God and you have to rely on it. You've got to know that he created you, that he sent Jesus because he wanted you to be with him, that he's given you an inheritance. He is a good, good God. And then once you believe that, you will actually step out and take a step towards him and you'll obey him. And as soon as you do that, then God says, awesome, now I'm going to come even closer than ever and I'm going to make my home right here. I'm telling you, this is what it is. You know what Jesus said, you guys? This is eternal life, that you may know the one true God. And I'm telling you, some of you in this room, you don't know him. And my greatest desire for you, my greatest desire for you is that you would not know about God, but that you would know him. And the only way it happens is through the first and greatest commandment, to first be loved by God and then to love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Because you'll step out and experience the life of God, and then he'll come and he'll make his home right here. Look at this last verse, and then we'll close. 1 John 4.19 says, I already read this, but he says, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. You guys, this is the mystery. And it is the sweetest thing. And I want to encourage every one of you in this room that the fullness of life that God has for you, it's yours. God's already there, man. And he's already loved you and he's loving you today. But for us, we need to reciprocate that and love him with all of our heart as well. So as the band comes up, let me just ask you a couple questions. Some of you are in this room and you literally, like you're here, and you know that you've never actually experienced the love of God. You believe he's there. You've maybe tasted the sense that God might love you, but you don't know the love of God, and you don't rely on it. And so your step of faith today is simply this. I believe with all my heart that he simply asked you already through his spirit. You've kind of been feeling this in your heart, where he's saying, listen, you've heard it that I love you, You might even believe that I love you. Now I'm asking you, will you trust me? Will you entrust yourself to me? And will you let me come and make my home in you? And for some of you, man, that could be the greatest thing. Today could be your day. All of us who who really actually know the love of God and rely on it had a day when we finally said, I'm going to stop being in control and I'm going to let you come in. And today might be your day. To finally say, I really want to know the love of God. Well, then you've got to trust your life to him. And if you put your faith in him, he will come in. Now, secondly, for those of us who've already done that, who though we know his love, right now, you're not full. Your joy isn't complete. Your peace is not steady. It's up and down. 
you know right now your heart is very selfish, there's a couple things that could probably be happening. The first one is, maybe you have been duped into doubting that God really loves you. Can I tell you, in the month of August, we're going to do a series on spiritual warfare, the whole month, five weeks. Because here's what I know. The greatest battle spiritually for all of us in this room is right here. And Jesus told us the enemy is a father of all lies, and he will do anything he can to get us to doubt that God loves us. So we look at what happens in the world, and we look at the circumstances, and we look at whatever, and we start to believe that God doesn't love us. And I can tell you this right now, as soon as I don't believe in my heart that God loves me, then I don't rely on it. And guess what? I stop following him. I'm a pastor. I will stop. It's, it, I've got to know he loves me. And so for some of you today, the battle has been right here. And I hope you've heard again today, he does love you, created you, saved you, gives you everything. He's there for you. But the other side of you, some of us, it's not that I doubt that he loves me. Some of us are just going, I know he's good, but this other stuff looks a whole lot better. And the truth is, there's some things that God has asked you to do, and you just don't want to do them. And here's the deal. If he's asked you to do something, and you're saying no to him, your experience of God will be diminished. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It just means you're not experiencing it. So for some of you, there's something he's asked you to do, and today you need to say, I'm going to stop saying no. I'm going to love God, and if I love him, I obey him, right? If you love him, don't say you love him and say, hey, Jesus, I really love you. I know I'm not going to listen to you, but I love you. <laughs> no, today, if you say, I love you, and you haven't been saying yes to him, then say yes to him today. And then some of you, you're just doing stuff, and Jesus has been going, dude, you got to stop. And you know you need to stop. And I tell you what, man, you guys, if that's you today, if you'll decide, he loves me. First and greatest thing is I'm loved by God. And if you'll love him back today by confessing your sin to him and repenting and get back on track, he will run to you, he will flood his love in your heart, and you'll be able to walk out of here completely different. I say do it. Do it! It'll be good for you. It'll be good for your family. It'll be good for God's glory. It's the greatest and first commandment, the love of God. Let's worship him together.